Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is absolutely a joy to be with you guys today. If you are new to the podcast, every Monday and Thursday, a new episode is released through charismapodcastnetwork.com as well as Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Audible, Google Play, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to. And I have amazing people from around the world on the podcast, also friends, families, pastors, leaders, prophetic voices. And we just want to encourage and stir the body of Christ. You know, this Awaken podcast, you know, it, it comes from Ephesians 5.14. Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. You know, that was written to believers, not unbelievers. So we need an awakening in the church. Our heart needs to awaken to the beauty of Jesus, what he has accomplished for us, in us, so that we can truly manifest his nature and his goodness to the world around us. And so I want to I want to be able to, with my guests on, really inspire faith and challenge you guys to embrace the fullness of God in your lives. And so I've got an incredible guest. His ministry and his teachings have impacted my life in a big way. His name is John Crowder, and he longs to release a creative new movement of ecstatic believers who are enthralled by the finished work of Jesus Christ and to demonstrate miraculous lifestyles. Their heart is to tra- they, they travel the world and they see incredible things take place, signs, wonders, miracles. They've done crusades. They've got orphanages. But John's known for his grace-based theological teaching that spans many uncrossed streams, reform, charismatic, Trinitarian, also drawing from church history and the patristics and numerous Catholic and Orthodox mystics. He's known for in-depth teaching. Uh, he likes to have fun, okay? He's got a great sense of humor. But he um, has also written several books travels extensively preaching the gospel. And so, John, man, it's a joy to have you on with me today. Yeah, it's great to be here, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So before we get into the topic today, I want to talk about really manifesting, you know, um, miracle signs, wonders through a grace perspective. But before we really get into that, how did you come into this revelation of Christ plus nothing? Like I've heard you say many times that you were a very popular conference speaker before you believed the gospel. So tell us a little bit about that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I, I often say that I tasted Mr. Grace long before I had uh, a good theology of grace. And so mm-hmm. I think so many people, they have these experiences with Holy Spirit. They have these uh, encounter type things, but they don't necessarily uh, transition to a real theological understanding of their union, of their unbroken unadulterated, continual union with God. And that's something that is completely based in the incarnation and in the, the person and the work of Jesus. It's not based on our prayer, our fasting, our religious activities. Oh, yeah. And so uh, just, just like the name of your podcast, Awaken, really, really what we need to do is awaken, wake up to something that's already true from God's perspective. And that's the fact that the two have become one that we have been woven into the life of the Trinity, that every moment of our day, we're, we're breathing Trinitarian air. We are in Christ. <laughs> yes. And so once we come out of this sort of separation mentality, you know, that God's over there and I'm over here, it, it, it really takes all of the, the burden of spirituality off of our lap and places it right back where it's supposed to be in a Christological perspective, that, that Jesus is the bond of our union with God. So for me, this, this came over time. This wasn't like a, one day I, I got uh, knocked off my donkey on the road to Damascus or something. But, <laughs> yeah. but man, it's, it's, uh, once you see it, you, you can't unsee it. You can't put the toothpaste back into the tube. You, you can't go back to the religious formulas of trying to get closer to God. 
when you realize you're in union with him. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. For me, you know, my parents loved me really, really well when I was insane, rebellious, wanting nothing to do with God. But I could tell there was times where they were disappointed or frustrated with me because of what I was doing. And when I got saved, you know, when I, when I encountered the Lord and I was awakened to the truth, I, I, um, yeah, I, I believe that God loved me unconditionally, but I didn't believe that he really liked me a lot. <laughs> you know, I didn't believe that he was really yeah. pleased with my life. And for me in Bible school, I was, you know, praying and seeking God. And I like, like you said, you know, before you have a true theological foundation of the gospel, you know, you still experience the love and the grace of God and measures. And, you know, for me, it took times of I would sin or I do something stupid and I'd be like, God, I hate this and I don't want to do this anymore. And then he would just lavish love on me and he would break off these performance-based mentalities. He would, you know, cause me to cease from my own works and striving and he would speak identity and life into me. And it also took time for me to come into the revelation of being free from sin entirely, free from the sinful nature. So it's progressive revelation that changed my life, but God's so merciful and he gave it to me in portions and measures. But, you know, one thing I, I would love to dive into, you know, in Bible school, we're always talking, I've read God's generals. I wanted to pray like Smith Wigglesworth and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to have diseases, you know, on my body just evaporate like John G. Lake. And I wanted to be like Catherine Coleman and all these amazing people seeing signs, wonders and miracles. But for me, it looked like, you know, locking myself away until God anointed me. Like the stories of some of these people are praying just like hours and hours and hours a day or fasting until God anointed me or whatever. And it was so much striving and so much, you know, up and down like a roller coaster. If I was praying enough, then I was on top of the world. But if I didn't read my Bible that night, I was, you know, God can never use me. And so I'd love to dive into that. I know you really hammer this, especially because you believe in signs, wonders and miracles, but you don't, you don't go after it like a lot of people do. Yeah, I think it's really, you know, to to quote John Wimber, we, we need to be naturally supernatural. And I, I think instead of just uh, preaching miracles and preaching signs and wonders all the time, you know, the scripture doesn't say signs will follow those who preach signs. No, it, it's, it's, yeah. it follows those who believe. And, and what if we actually preached the real gospel and then just did the miracles, you know? And, and, and I think if you look at the model of the apostles, you look at John, you look at Paul, they're not given uh, these formulas of how to operate in the supernatural. They're, they're talking about Jesus all the time and our inclusion in Christ and our freedom from the sinful nature and our union with God. And out of that should, should come this effortless flow of the supernatural. So I think really we've, we've sort of gotten the, the whole thing backwards, maybe put the cart before the horse. Mm. And if we, if we actually come into this awareness that we're not preaching delay or distance or unfinished business or, or putting, again, our spirituality back into our own lap in terms of what we need to do to access something, but rather there's this scandalous declaration that we've been separated from the old nature, that our old nature, our old person died with Christ, that we really are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And, and the thing is, that's not a process. You know, sanctification is not a process. First Corinthians tells us sanctification is a person. Mm. He, he is our holiness. He is our righteousness. It's all, it's all bound up in him. Now, is maturity a process? Of course. Of course we grow. But we're not growing from saint to sinner or vice versa. <laughs> Actually, yeah. a lot of people in church are sort of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not growing from sinner to saint. We're, we're already holy in him. I mean, Paul scandalously tells non-believers on Mars Hill. He says, 
in him we live and move and have our being. Mm, that's right. When Jesus says the kingdom is within you, he, he's talking to unbelievers who are sitting all around him. The fact is we're already included in Christ before we ever voted on the matter. What we're growing in is that faith awareness. We're growing in, we're waking up, we're smelling the coffee, and we're, we're realizing something that was accomplished in him from before the foundation of the world, really. Yes. And, and this, is, this is the message. There's no other message. We, we have to get out of the transactional thing where we have to do something to access, but rather we're waking up to a union that has always existed, but people are in delusion, right? I mean, as we know, we mm. see it on the news every day. We see it all around us. There's, there's a lot of craziness. There's, mm. a lot of, there's a lot of identity crisis. Yeah. And really what, we're, what we should be doing is declaring the truth of people's identity so that they can begin to align with that, echo with that, um, and, and, and therefore manifest that, but not as a, not as a self-effort, but as a, as, a, as a byproduct of the truth. Mm, I agree 100%. You know, I, these scriptures began to came to mind, you know, you know, when I was going through this, I, uh, you know, scriptures like he gives his spirit without measure. He's not giving us a little more Holy Spirit, a little more Holy Spirit, a little more Holy Spirit. When we receive the spirit, he gives spirit without measure. We've received his fullness and grace upon grace. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, which is in the book of Peter. The apostle Paul declared that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And when we begin to realize and align our faith with these truths, we begin to see a manifestation. We don't need to. And I remember for me, when I started to get this, I remember I'd pray for hours and hours in the morning before, but I'd wake up at five in the morning and I'm not against doing these things if it's empowered by the Holy Spirit, but I'd wake up and I'd spend hours and sometimes I'd be dry, dry, dry. And, you know, it's more about duty and discipline than delight and being with the Lord and drinking him in and enjoying him. And I remember, you know, when I started to catch this, all it took was a moment of acknowledgement. You never left me. You were always here. You are Emmanuel, God with us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. I just need to set my gaze and acknowledge this reality and then boom, in one second, the presence of God. It's not like he wasn't there and he came as soon as I acknowledged. He was there all along. Just my faith acknowledgement and my awareness you know, brought an experience, that experience that our hearts crave. And so just coming from fullness, believing that I, I'm not lacking anything. I am truly complete in Christ. Absolutely changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, charismatics uh, rightly value the gifts. They value the supernatural. They value the miraculous. That's great. But so often people will even make a work out of intimacy. It's like, we, you mm. know, I need to spend time with the Lord so that I can work these John G. Lake miracles or something <laughs> like that. And everybody yeah. will give lip service and say that, you know, well, it's, it's all about Jesus, but, but really it, there is that ends to a means mentality so often. And um, in fact, the, the miraculous, as I said, should, should just be a, a byproduct. It's, it's not really even the main focus. And I think the, the more we are, just enthralled with Christ, you're, you're going to see that stuff happening more often, effortlessly. You're, you're not even on Facebook every other day, giving these testimonies all the time to sort of make yourself look anointed. I think people, people do that, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah. It's like, you just, it's just, it's, it's matter of fact, you know, everywhere you go, you're just seeing healing and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I, I think you're, you're so right, Michael, in that uh, we have this, this idea that we need to press in, we need to get more Holy Spirit, and that's kind of the revival mantra, you know, more Lord, more Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you, you know, thank God for the Toronto renewal, and thank God for that 
that more Lord. But I think what we're coming into is a realization of, hang on, no more, no moss. I'm realizing <laughs> I have it all thanks to Jesus. Yeah. And, and Holy Spirit doesn't come in portions. Holy Spirit comes in person, right? He, mm-hmm. He's not... Um, Mm-hmm. He's not the force like Star Wars, you know, that the more we beg and the more we plead, we get our metachlorian levels up until we become <laughs> John G. Lake, Smith sure. Wigglesworth, Luke Skywalker or something, right? But he, he is, as the, the creed of the church tells us, he is a, a person of the Godhead. We have the spirit. And, and if it's up to me to press in for more, I mean, how long is that going to take you, right? I mean, how, how far are we? 2% of God, 3% of God? No, we, we have the fullness of the Godhead, Colossians 2 tells us, thanks to our union with Christ. It, it's like we don't get Jesus one day and then carry long enough till we get Holy Spirit another day and then go through enough inner healing courses till our deadbeat dad shows up or something. No, <laughs> we have the fullness of yeah. the Godhead. How crazy is that? And people are like, well, man, I don't, I don't feel like I have the fullness. But, but the thing is, what, what is that supposed to feel like to have a <laughs> nuclear reactor in your belly? Right? <laughs> our feelings, our emotions cannot even comprehend this. Yeah. No more than our, no more than our four pound brains can fully understand God. Right? Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul never says we're going to comprehend the mystery. He says we have fellowship with the mystery. Mm-hmm. We are in a relationship. This is a, a relational union that, that we're called to. E- even salvation is not some legal contract, you know, so that God can legally love you and not throw you into hell or something. No, salvation is a person. This is all relational. It's covenantal. It's, mm. it's, it's about love. It's about that, that back and forth union that's between Father, Son, and Spirit that we've been brought into. So there's a, there's a real perspective of the gospel that I think we've, we've missed in the midst of our American folk religion over the past few hundred years. And this is really what we are awakening to, Michael. I, I believe it with all my heart. Oh, and I'm seeing it everywhere. When people, when I share the gospel, the true, pure gospel with people, and I see their eyes light up and the burdens just fall off of their heart and they begin to truly walk in freedom. <laughs> they begin to experience the benefits of all that is theirs in Christ, their inheritance, their true inheritance in the Lord Jesus Christ. And many people will say, you know, oh, well, this is just going to produce complacency. If you have it all, then, then, then what are you doing? You know, you, you know, you're, you gotta, you gotta do this and you gotta do that. But when I caught this revelation, and I awakened to this truth. I began to see miracles like I've never seen before. And it took the striving and the and the and the, how burdensome it was that I had to do X Y Z to produce a miracle. It became natural and effortless. We saw so many miracles in the Philippines and all over Asia when I did traveling and in Mozambique when we were with Iris Ministries. And it was such a beautiful thing to know that it's not up to me. It's not dependent on my behavior, but it's on the obedience of the Son of God. He's already provided it, and we just need to flow with Him. And I, what would you say to people that say, well, it's just going to produce complacency? Because I know when you're, you are active, you are doing work all over the world. You're seeing miracles take place wherever you go and wild, crazy things. And so it's, it doesn't line up there. <laughs> yeah, well, you look at the Apostle Paul. Here's the grace apostle, and he ends up outworking everybody else. Yeah. And Paul was not preaching a message of grace plus. You know, I mean, here's, here's a formula. Grace plus law equals law. Grace has to be drunk straight. It's yeah. all grace or, or it's not grace. And, and here's the thing. This does not entail no participation on our part. We're not saying that because it's all Christ that we don't participate. No, it's thanks to Christ 
that we've been fully brought into participation, but we're not, we're not helping him out. He doesn't need our assistance. He's not looking for workers. He's looking for lovers and our motivation becomes joy. It becomes love. It's not performance oriented. It's not climbing a ladder anymore. It's actually our delight that we, we want, we're, we're motivated from the inside out with something that is, is a, a real first love flame. And, and we're going to see a lot more, but, but the striving's taken out of the equation. We're operating out of a place of rest, and we realize that ultimately the government is on his shoulders. It's mm. his work. He is the author and finisher of everything, and he's given us this opportunity, this joy to participate. But at the end of the day, it doesn't fall back upon me. And I, I tell you what, Michael, it, it's so important because the, the, the message of grace also often gets accused as uh, producing apathy yeah. in people. Mm-hmm. But, but no, the, the fact of the matter is uh, people need to know the truth of their identity. And if we're told that we're always going to be sinners, that we have this sinful nature that we have to kill off all the time, which in every one of Paul's letters, he gives you your death certificate. You died to sin. You're, you're new. You're, you died with Christ. So if we give people the truth of their identity, I mean, if you, if you think you're a sinner, what are you going to manifest, right? If you, if you believe that you always have to sin, well, hey, let it be according to your faith. As <laughs> yeah. a man believes, so is he, right? Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis, he said, you are what you believe. If mm-hmm. we think we're a sinner all the time, that we're always going to struggle with sin, well, that's what we're going to manifest. That's what we're going to produce. But what are we going to manifest if we start to believe that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? What are we going to manifest if we begin to realize we are holy, we are blameless before him in love? What are we going to manifest if we believe we are altogether lovely? There's no flaw in you. Mm, What will we manifest if we believe that as he is, so are we in this world? And so this really is rooted in identity. And oftentimes, you know, and, and, and I'll, let's be honest here, there's a lot of crazy stuff, a lot of weird ideas that fly under the banner of the so-called grace movement. It, it becomes this big catch-all uh, container or whatever. But the real grace of the gospel is a person. It's, it's Jesus Christ. It's, it's not just uh, this thing about covering up your sin so you can live like a heathen. God doesn't see your sins anymore. That's really a, a misunderstanding of grace that you even see in very religious type churches. Mm -hmm. Grace is not just a cover up of sin where God legally doesn't look at your sin anymore. No, grace is the divine infusion of God. It's like wind in our sails. Grace is a person that, that motivates us, that drives us beyond what's humanly possible. And, and so it's so much more. Grace is the, the declaration of, of our true identity in him, that we look just like our elder brother. And, and it's crazy. It's mystical. It's beyond explanation. But this is the glorious thing that, that we must declare to people. <laughs> <laughs> and it produces joy unspeakable and full of glory. That is the byproduct. And when you are bubbling over with joy and when you have gratefulness in your heart because you realize that there's nothing that you can do that could make God happy with you or pleased with you or to make him love you more and there's nothing you could do to make him love you less when you 
catch that understanding and you're immersed in that revelation, it's this gratefulness and joy that springs forth from you and it actually empowers you to want to walk with him and do everything that he called, you know, uh, to, 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 to walk in your, in, in the God ordained footsteps that he pre-planned and predestined for us to walk in. It's, I've, I've known nothing else besides grace being such a beautiful, like you said, wind in our sails to empower us to do what we couldn't do in the flesh and our own natural strengths and abilities. And so many people say, okay, well, are we throwing out fasting and prayer and intercession? How do we, how do we rectify these things in the finished work of the cross? I'd love to hear about that a bit. Yeah. I, I think the big thing is we, we have to, we have to recalibrate our perspective on all of these things because we've looked at all these things as transactional tools to access something that we're lacking, mm-hmm. um, to bridge some type of separation that could only be an illusion because there is no separation. The gospel is a, a message of union. And so we, we, have to, we have to look at these things from, from a whole different perspective. I mean, in fact, uh, you notice Jesus, when he went into the wilderness, he didn't bring any disciples with him. He wasn't having fasting course 101. <laughs> yeah. No, that was part of his substitutionary act. We have to bring it back to, to a picture of Christ in him crucified. I think so often what we have is a Christocentric view of things. Now, mm-hmm. by Christocentric, I mean, put Jesus first. Um, it's all about Jesus, but uh, it's like what we, we need to serve Jesus, follow Jesus, all this kind of stuff. But those ultimately can become uh, humanistic endeavors of what I need to do to put Jesus first, what I need to do to follow Jesus. And it becomes very self-effort oriented. Mm -hmm. And so this message is not just about a Christocentric putting Jesus first. What we really lack in the church, unfortunately, here in the West, is we lack good Christology. Now, that's a different Mm -hmm. word, but what that means is is who is Jesus as the God man, God without reserve, man without reserve. He has vicariously done all of our human acts of obedience, of completion of the law, of service to the Father. He's done all of this decisively, perfectly as us. And so when we realize we're participating, even our worship is not just toward God, we are participating in Jesus's worship of the Father and the Spirit's worship of the Father and Son and this, mm, this, wow. this circle of perichoretic love. We've been brought into this. He is our high priest. And, you know, honestly, if you, if you really go back, um, you know, uh, the Puritans and the pilgrims that came to America, one, one of their big beefs was uh, they didn't like the, the bishops in the Church of England, right? And, and they said, look, there's, there's no priest except the priesthood of the believer. Now, yeah, there is a priesthood of the believer. We all have these acts of service and worship, and and it was grounded into our American ideal, this sort of rugged individualism and our service to God. But one big thing they missed hundreds of years ago, it's it's not just about the the priesthood of the believer. It's about the high priesthood of Christ himself, Mm, his perfect worship, his fasting, his completion of of the law, all of these priestly acts that he performed, we have been, as a gift of grace, brought into that. And so this changes things like prayer. Um, For instance, there are times we don't even know how to pray, but it's Mm, the Spirit who prays through us and for us. And even prayer is not this thing where we're, we're helping God out. Our intercession isn't filling in the chinks of 
of the holes that he left behind. No, it's his perfect uh, intercession that we're brought into. So I think if we can just come back to a Christological perspective of these things, it it takes the self-effort off the table and the joy comes back. Because when everything's left to me in this sort of, you know, human striving mentality that we often slip into, what does it produce? It, It produces burnout. It produces hypocrisy. It, it produces despair, boredom. Boredom is not a fruit of the spirit. <laughs> yeah. And, and just as you, just as you said, Michael, the real gospel is going to produce real joy. It's going to produce wonder. It's going to produce awestruck wonder. You, you cannot generate wonder. That's not something that you can drum up on your own. That's right. And, and it produce it produces an awestruck silence. And I think we're coming into a time, and I say this prophetically, Michael, we're, we're coming into a time where the church is just going to be in dumbfounded silence again. We're going to be mm, in this yes. awe and wonder at something that we realize we had been talking over our heads, and this is way better than we possibly could have imagined. <laughs> That's so good. I believe that the church, we need to awaken to the beauty, the magnificence of Jesus and his perfect, complete work. And we need to just be stunned and awestruck, just like you said. And it will produce in us joy, unspeakable and full of glory, the fear of the Lord, gratefulness, you know, hearts that just want to yield, you know, and, and, and serve him in every way possible. And so, you know, I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, um, are, are spirit filled believers, you know, ca- you know, can, in the charismatic church. And, and you, and you mentioned this earlier about the Toronto, um, revival and you talked about more Lord, more Lord, that language there. There's so many things that I've heard that I've wrestled with over the past uh, eight, nine years, you know, when we, when we ask the Lord to open up the heavens and we say more Lord, or there's songs that talk about Jesus, come and walk into the room. And, you know, uh, you know, we talk about fasting, you know, like about, about the anointing of the Holy Spirit and how we get the anointing. And I'd love to, because these things, it's common language, you know, in the body of Christ, yeah. in the charismatic church. And, you know, there's even a scripture that I think about, and I'm just going to share the scripture. And then I want to hear you talk about that because this language often speaks of lack and separation, but there's a scripture in the book of James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And to me, that sounds almost like if you draw near to God, you know, you're, you're the one initiating, then he is, you know, he's distant and he's going to come closer and, you know, get, get closer to you and, and manifest his presence to you. But to me, when I read the scripture, I think our heart, first of all, he's the one that draws us. He's the one that initiates everything. But uh, we, we, we respond to that grace on our hearts and we, and we draw near to him. And then it's, it's not like his presence was far or distant. He was always there. He lives in the inside of us, but a manifestation begins to take place. And I feel like a lot of charismatic people like myself, when they say things like more Lord, more Lord, or Jesus walk into the room like their heart is I just want to experience you. I want to experience everything that that is mine. And obviously a lot of people struggle, you know, don't don't have a true revelation of the gospel. But I'd love to hear your input on some of these phrases to really help people that that are listening right now. Oh, sure. Yeah. And and even with James, and I would say with the the whole of the book of James, honestly, it's it's a beautiful book. But we have to read uh, James, not in addition to Paul but through a Pauline New Covenant lens. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we just take James in and of itself, you could come to the conclusion that you're saved by faith plus works, which is exactly the opposite that Paul uh, declares to us over and That's over. True. And so w- when, when you read James from that perspective, then it, it becomes clear, oh, of course, works are going to follow. Of course, there's going to be fruit when we believe. 
And even when James talks about drawing near, well, how do we draw near? It's, it's by trusting, believe it's by realizing that we're already in union. That's the irony of it. Mm-hmm. And this message of union is just, is just so solidly declared throughout all of the Pauline epistles. And, yeah. and Paul writes two, two thirds of the new Testament. I mean, Mark traveled with Paul, learned from Paul before he wrote the book of Mark. Luke traveled and learned from Paul before he wrote the book of Luke. And, and even uh, the book of Acts, which Luke writes, is so much about the journeys of Paul. And, mm-hmm. and Paul's solid declaration, I think it's so important that we, we return to this Pauline revelation. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll say this, uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I've heard it said, well, we need to focus less on what Paul said and more on the words of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we might forget, hey, the, the words of Paul are the words of Jesus from this side of the cross, <laughs> yeah. from, from the perspective of what's been accomplished. And so from that finished work perspective, so many of this lingo stuff you mentioned uh, in the charismatic world, we, we really need to evangelize our language. For instance, the, the more Lord thing. There is a more Lord, but I'm not asking for something more that I don't already have, right. that I'm lacking. You know, God come and show up. No, it's more of a discovery of the fullness that I already have in my belly. It's opening the Christmas gifts that I already have. It's a revealing. That's what it is. Yes. And, uh, and and look at the, the open the heavens thing. I, I mean, look, the, the veil of his flesh was torn and all of heaven opened with it. We are already seated in heavenly places. We're not operating toward heaven. We, we are operating from heaven. We yes, are seated yes. in Christ in heavenly places right now. So all of these distance, delay, unfinished business things, uh, it, it just gets radically upended as we come into a revelation of union. And this is so needed today. And one of the things, Mike, and I'll, I'll maybe wrap it up with this, is once you start pulling the string of that sweater, the, the whole thing starts to unravel. And, and, and there are a lot of people that are going through these sort of deconstruction type type places right now. And there's, there's a lot with deconstruction that's not healthy, but there, there is a place where we have to reevaluate some of the sort of religious transactional mm-hmm. things that we've learned. Yeah. And sometimes it seems like the whole thing's been upside down, but the key is not just to throw our hands in the air and give up and say, Hey, this was all just a joke. All this. No, it's, it's don't take that opposite pendulum swing where we just lose faith altogether. This is about Jesus. This is about a person. Yes. This is about what he's accomplished. And that is where our joy is at. And, and so it's okay to not have all the answers, but the good news is that the answer has us, that he's mm-hmm. wrapped this whole thing up in the bag. And as yes. we keep it on him, that's, that's the lens we need to have with all of these do-it-yourself DIY formulas that we've been handed. When we bring it back to Christ and what he's accomplished, that is where the fulfillment, the satisfaction, the mm. beauty, the ecstasy, the joy, yes. that's, that's where the whole kit and caboodle are found. <laughs> I, uh, there's a believer that came up to me in church one time a few years ago, and I found out that she was a new believer, and she was like, I'm so confused, and I just saw a heaviness on her, and I'm like, What's, what, what do you mean? What, what are you confused about? She's like, well, we sang that song, and I'm not going to mention who the song, a lot of people know who, what, you know, the song when I mention it, but is the verse is saying, Lord, just, you know, walk into the room, Jesus, walk into the room, 
and then the chorus is here we are standing in your presence here we are standing in your presence and then and then verse two is come back in the room come back in the room lord come in the room and it's like he's leaving he's coming he's leaving he's coming and she was so confused she was like is he here is he not here is he in me or is he in the room or is he not and i'm like i i, I loved it i laughed a little bit and i i loved the moment because it was god setting this individual up for me to just open wide the door for me to just share the beauty of the true gospel and just to see the burden of you know that that double-minded you know just just (laughs) doubt you know just that that anti-gospel rhetoric and just seeing that lift off of her shoulders was such a blessing and the light of the lord shine from her eyes like wow i I, i'm free he he lives in me i don't need to do anything there's no striving involved here and so what would you say to somebody maybe this is fresh news to them you know i I preach a lot of people we're we're preaching the gospel grace in every episode but maybe this is new and fresh um what would you say like oh man like i've got some questions about some things that um that you guys share today what would you say to somebody who wants to learn more the fact is he's real he's here whether we feel it or not Our subjective experience does not dictate the truth. The objective reality of our union should actually dictate our feelings, not the other way around. Oftentimes, Mm -hmm. if we feel that God's gone, we start to believe those negative feelings. But we do live by faith, not by feeling. And so as we hear, how does faith come? It comes by hearing the word. And what is the word that he's here, that he's united himself to us, that he's not going anywhere. He will never leave us or forsake us. He's closer than the air we breathe. He is closer to us than we are our own physical bodies. We, we are the body of Christ. He mm-hmm. dwells in us, which is crazy. We're temples, right? That he, yeah. that he dwells in. We're, we're jars that hold the, the precious oil. And so this, this objective reality is true, whether we feel it or not. So that's what we really, we really need to get grounded in and, and, and always come back to. And, and over time, as we're saturating in this, as we're drinking in this message, as we get out of these separation mindsets, well, what happens, you, you do start to feel it. You, you do mm-hmm. start to get the goosebumps. Oh, yeah. But 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 that is that's the objective so so let's not confuse the objective reality of our union with whatever subjective negative feelings might be happening i'm not asking jesus to come into the room anymore he has <laughs> stepped right into the core of my being and that's he's right. opening the eyes of our hearts to realize that he has oneed himself together with us and there is nothing that could ever cause his spirit to be removed from us because he would have to reverse the incarnation Mm. to do that. And so this is why we have to bring it back to the incarnation, the person of Jesus. That's Christology. In his person, humanity and divinity are united. My humanity has been united completely with all that God is, and it's not my fault so that's the good news. I have all of God and it's not my fault. I'm filled with the fullness <laughs> yes. and it's not my fault. I did yeah. nothing to get it. I can do nothing to lose it. Now I can forget about it. Yeah. I can resist it. And you know, people have all these questions that pop up. What about hell and all that? And that's beyond the scope of our podcast today. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not writing off the hell that people so know and love. If you, you want hell, go to hell. That's fine. Yeah. But, but the fact <laughs> is, even if you damn yourself to hell, his love doesn't change. I, I would say the, the love of God is the fire of hell, to quote so many saints throughout church history. It's, 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 uh, he loves us completely unrelentingly. He, he, he never gives up on us. And, 
And so that is the message we trust. That yes, yes. is separation was real to us, but it was still an, a, a, it was still a delusion of the fall, you know, trying to hide in the bushes mm-hmm. like Adam from a God who's everywhere. He, he's here and, and, and he's, he's for us. Even, even in our rebellion, God is for us. He doesn't like the rebellion because of what it does to destroy us but he loves us. He is for us and he wants to see us whole and he is bound set and determined for that to happen. Hey man, just like you said, I've, I've got the fullness and it's not my fault. And it was his idea. <laughs> it was his idea yes. from before the foundation of the world. So I can't take the blame for that. We've received the fullness and grace upon grace. That's awesome, man. How could people, I know you've got tons of resources, mystical union, lots of books, e, you know, e-courses that you're doing now. How could people tap more into your ministry and even what could they expect in 2021 from, from, from your ministry? Oh, sure. Uh, well, our website, thenewmystics.com, and I know that that word kind of uh, sounds strange to some Christians here in the Western church, but uh, Jesus Christ is the mystic secret, Paul says. We're talking about the mystery of Christ. Amen. Even that the word sacrament is, is the sacrament is the Latin word for uh, mystery in Greek. So, so we're talking about uh, that mystery of our union with him. And so our website, thenewmystics.com, uh, we've got lots of materials, lots of books. We have some new e-courses that we put out. I mean, if people are interested in Christology, we just did a 20-hour a uh, e-course that people can watch on demand. We've got one called Drunk Church History on there as well, <laughs> talking about people who have uh, been intoxicated on the love of God, all these uh, sort of supernatural movements all throughout the history of the church, all these different awakenings and revivals. And so that's kind of a fun one. And going back way to the, the early church as well, the church fathers. So that's another e-course. And then one other we, we just did is uh, called a course on contemplation. And that's something we really need to recover today. I mean, contemplation is what we're made for. Mm-hmm. Contemplation is a big word for the practice of the presence yes. of God, that awareness, that enjoyment, that intimacy, that union. And so just this year, thanks to COVID, I've been home a lot. So these three e-courses, uh, Christology, the Drunk History, the, uh, the Contemplation course, just those three alone, we probably have 69 hours of material. So that's some of the newer stuff we've got. But uh, people can plug in. We've got events, all that stuff. They can find it, thenewmystics.com, also uh, johncrowder.net. So we're we're out there. Folks want to want to plug in with more stuff. Awesome! They go on YouTube as well. You've got a um, show on YouTube, the Jesus Trip. A lot of questions. You answer a lot of questions on your videos. You've been doing for years. Tackle you know scriptures that people wrestle with, and a lot of amazing content out there for free, as well as stuff that you could tap into, get books and everything like that. And so, John, thanks for taking time. You know, with your busy schedule and being with me here today, man. It's a pleasure and honor to talk to you. Absolutely, Michael. It was fun. I appreciate it. Let's do it again sometime. (laughs) Absolutely. I'd love that. For those who are listening right now, make sure to rate, uh, subscribe, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be challenged, blessed, encouraged, refreshed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll speak to you guys next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope-Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know, uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith, and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopevilledjourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. 
Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line as well as high quality and all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today. <music> 